Hello from Spain. I'm calling this video and this podcast today, Bishop Strickland, No Other Way of Earning a Living. Many of you heard the news of what happened in Texas and the Vatican over the last few days. And one of the things that came out was Bishop Strickland gave a talk at the Life Conference in Rome. The video for that is on LifeSite News, and I'm going to put that in the show notes. And he talked about standing up for the gospel of Jesus Christ, no matter what the cost is. And in the middle of the talk that he gave, he included a letter. It's an anonymous letter that someone who he says is living a very deeply Catholic life read him. And I'm going to read you part of that uh, letter right now. Again, this is what Bishop Strickland said at the Life Conference in Rome sometime this autumn of 2023. I think it was a couple weeks ago. And in the middle of that was a letter from a friend. And part of that goes like this. You cannot indeed, and by the way, I get the sense this is a lay person writing to a bishop, what they want to see in the bishops and the priests. And so here's part of that letter. You cannot indeed, you must not go to Rome and play nicely. The Queen of Martyrs has called you and you cannot parcel out truth in pieces. After all, were we not told that the truth would set us free? The Synod, had, the synod has gathered cowards in Rome, those who not only refuse to die for our Lord and his church, but indeed demand that his eternal truths be changed. And if you play nicely with these, then you mock the martyrs. And although playing nicely might ensure you are not removed, I again quote Tertullian. The usual complaint is, I have no other way of earning a living. The harsh reply can be, do you have to live? I ask you, Bishop, do you have to live? In fact, should you live when you've been called to die? It is easy to assert that no real damage has been done by the Synod, but it has done untold damage in attempting to cheapen what Christ proclaimed was worth his life and for which he indeed shed his precious blood. Would you now allow the one who has pushed aside the true Pope and has attempted to sit on a chair that is not his to find what the church is to be? Now, you probably think I want to talk about that last two lines, and I do, but I'm actually going to talk about something else today. This what I'm, part I'm going to repeat right here is really what got me thinking. The usual complaint is, and again, this is a layperson, presumably a layperson, writing this to Bishop Strickland and all the bishops, but Bishop Strickland had the courage to read this in Rome this autumn of 2023. The usual complaint is, I have no other way of earning a living. The harsh reply can be, do you have to live? I ask you, Bishop, do you have to live? In fact, should you live when you have been called to die? Now, the first thing I ask myself is, is this how ladies see us clergy? And I mean that in a positive and a negative way. In the negative way, it's sad that the laity really see us as so weak and lazy. But in the positive way, it shows what the laity actually expect of us. And I do think that is very accurate that many priests and bishops fear speaking up against the current corruption out of fear for losing their digs. Everybody knows the train is off the rails right now. But there's a lot of conservative bishops and priests who are really afraid of speaking because they're afraid of losing their digs. But what are the three evangelical councils? Poverty, chastity, and obedience. Now, diocesan priests only make promises, not vows, of two of the three of those. Poverty is not included. But notice right there, poverty at least for religious, for those who enter religion, poverty helps ensure their chastity because they have no children to provide for. 
And so that has to be, if not poverty, at least simplicity in the lives of us who were ordained diocesan priests. And some of us go on to religious life, some to our medical life, monk missionary, whatever you want to call me. But poverty or simplicity is tied to chastity and obedience. You see, if we actually give up a family as priests, and I think you know what I mean by that, if we give up a family by our priests, then chastity ensures our obedience, not just to where we're sent by our superiors every five years as diocesan or 20 years as religious, but it also shows us that we have to stay obedient to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ courageously. So do we need a means of making a living if we were to get canceled? Well, we were ordained. Think about this. This isn't just hoity-toity, pie-in-the-sky, ultra-pious theology. If we really believe the priesthood of Jesus Christ, the one priesthood of Jesus Christ, was instituted by Christ to the apostles, then that's the template. That's not just an extreme version. That's actually the template. Meaning that we were either ordained to die to ourselves and the world as white martyrs, or to die as red martyrs. And do most of the laity out there see us American priests as living that? Of course not. But that's the gift Christ gave to his apostles of really having no other way of earning a living. I mean, unless you're like St. Paul, who was a tent maker, but even that lasted a short time because he ended up writing, you know, half of his letters from prison. And this isn't negative news. This is actually freedom. This is why celibacy equals freedom if you... Uh, actually gave up natural desires for the supernatural calling. And so we are free to live courageously if we actually gave up having a family, like many of us wanted to do at the natural level, but answered a supernatural vocation, which has to be commensurate to supernatural courage. So the person who wrote that to Bishop Strickland, and then Bishop Strickland had the courage to read that in Tyler, Texas, no, in Rome. <laughs> that took a lot of courage to read that in Rome. But that line, that whole thing really hits it on the head. But that specific section of do you really need a way to make a living has been something that as I travel around Barcelona today, I've really been thinking about. Basically asking us priests and bishops, if we're so afraid of speaking up against the current apostasy in Rome, just to give up our rectories that don't even have children in them. Because you see, you are our spiritual children, children, and you're going to provide for us to stand in the breach like Moses did. And that's why I don't worry at all for Bishop Strickland. He'll open some 501c3 like I did, and people will be 10 times more generous with him than me. But the thing is, you guys take great care of me, and he's going to be even better taken care of. Because we know, now we know, you're looking for us to be courageous. But that's not the main reason we should do it. The main reason is because this is the one priesthood of Jesus Christ who died for the truth, because he is the truth, and he expected the apostles to do the same. So listen again to how that person who wrote that letter to Bishop Strickland accurately puts words in the mouth of the average American layperson to, I don't know, maybe the average lukewarm conservative bishop or priest. This is the question this person asks about why we don't speak up against the current injustice. The usual complaint is, I have no other way of making a living. The harsh reply can be, do you have to live? I ask you, Bishop, do you have to live? In fact, should you live when you've been called to die? 
A lot of people are going to think that's just extreme, ultra-pious talk. But 11 of the 12 apostles died as martyrs. Do you really think the world's better than it was 2,000 years ago? I've been thinking about that line all day. Do you really need a way of making a living if you're following the gospel of Jesus Christ? And especially the highest level of anointing which he's given, which is bishop and priest. Did I really sign up for this job? Really, this vocation that does not earn a living, but has the freedom to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ courageously. Of course I did. That is what I signed up for. And if you're listening to this channel, you probably think I'm already courageous, but I'm not there. I still have a very long way to go. So again, that quote that I read you came from Bishop Strickland reading it at the Life Conference in Rome. In the middle of that was a letter, presumably from a layperson that he read. I'm going to put the whole thing with the video and the text in the LifeSite News article in my show notes. Thanks for listening and pray for Bishop Strickland, who has uh, kind of taken the torch of courage. Uh, I've mentioned before him, and I probably, I've never met him in real life. I admire him. There's a few theological things we disagree on, but um, now is the time for me to extol him, to compliment him, to thank him uh, for his courage, and pray that him and I can, uh, can be that courageous priest and bishop. Again, I've never met him. I don't mean to put myself in the same category, but I'm the one making this video. So I ask for your prayers uh, to truly live poverty, chastity, and obedience, at least simplicity, chastity, and obedience, because all of those lead to courage in preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ.